Good evening, or good morning, good afternoon, wherever you may be. <clears throat> the title of tonight's uh, Dharma talk is, I think it's Examine Your Mind. Is that what I said? You sneezed right in the middle of yeah. Examine, examine, look at, observe, see your mind. I also say train your mind. Training your mind is described lots of different ways. It's done lots of different ways. Fundamental understanding from this person is having done a few different kinds of meditation is sit still watch what's moving in the mind watch what's moving down the hallway or in the room next to you or in the treetops just observe observe be an observer observe as i sometimes use the metaphor of the clouds just the clouds are very interesting but basically none of your business you have no say so about clouds if you take that attitude towards the mind stream, towards the formations that come up in the mind, you are beginning to examine. If you can look at the thoughts as if you can't really fundamentally depersonalize them because they won't put up with that. They'll fight back and seem even more real. But you can just observe the texture, the quality. You just can examine. It's, it's a kind of like the science, but it's not exactly like science in that we're not looking for results. Science is looking for results, and anytime science is looking for results, it totally misses what's right in front of it for a result about it. It doesn't see what it fundamentally is. This is why it takes uh, human beings so long to get anywhere. You look at the world today, it's pretty chaotic does not look good. It is not, what is it saying? It does not bode well for to have this many crazy, crazy people. That's, that's always been that way since beginning of this time. But now some of them are actually in charge of the world and in charge of the weather. But you, regardless of what the rest of the world does, dependent origination, the momentum of insanity has been going on forever. Um, probably will continue if, unless the world comes to an end, which it could, the way things are looking. Uh, I'm not laughing because it's funny. It's just that it's, it's, ob it's amazing that people will do something that's totally against their own best interest because they want control. They want control. The illusion of control, they'll settle for that. But you, if you're listening to this old man, you could actually just begin to get to know yourself. This is not easy. It's not a walk in the park, as they say. It's not easy. And for each person, it's going to be very, very unique and individual and will not be like anyone else's path, even though in our situation, everyone's sitting here, everyone's doing a similar kind of meditation, more than likely. It seems to be necessary to have someone that you can talk to, a guide, a mentor. Uh, in the uh, Tibetan tradition, uh, Indian tradition, uh, a guru or a, a teacher. That's all that means is teacher, even though there's a, there's a, there are a lot of romantic ideas about it. 
teacher. Lao Shi, as it would be said in Chinese, Lao Shi. Sifu is also um, a way of saying that, teacher. So the teaching person has, if they're teaching out of what they see, out of what they have understood or discovered, is not teaching out of a, a group of ideas or concepts, but they're also not ignoring that because something like, say, the 30 verses, uh, Vasubandhu's 30 verses, uses concepts, even though I don't read it in Sanskrit as um, Chisho does, who leads our, our class on the 30 verses. Uh, still, it's the translations. If you look at the translations, the, the same that if this translation is a good translation. That same kind of information about the nature of relative truth, the nature of ultimate truth, comes through there. It takes a while to understand that with concepts. And even then, once you understand it with concepts, you still have to see it beyond, past, on through, on the other side of the concepts, which gives you no relative support. There is no support there. The whole idea of support uh, actually engenders or generates belief in something else that can help you. The whole idea of the teacher is, as Trungpa Rinpoche said, and I think it's in Myth of Freedom, the reason you have a teacher is so you can leave the teacher. It's not so you can be stuck with a teacher the rest of your life. You may need to leave the teacher, but it's not a good idea to leave the teacher until you see that you, your mind and the mind of the teacher are not no longer separate things. That's a realization. It's not a thought pattern. It's not a conclusion. It's not an exclusion. It's, it's none of those illusions. You actually see it. You actually see this. Smell, taste, touch, hear, think. You actually, it's not even an experience because if it is an, if it is an experience, it will start to fade or disappear. There's an inexperiential aspect to it, but that's just uh, that's just uh, grass along the highway. It's not not the highway. You may have emotional considerations or ideas. They may show up around your your path, your mind training, your examination of your mind. The idea with examining here, and of course the relative structure, the relative talking about this has all kinds of um, handicaps. You can't you can't actually say what it is. So we say we say examine the mind. So we sit down and oh, so what is the mind? What is it I'm even examining? That might take a while, and so that's why the simple, radical, minimalist instruction is just observe. Sit down, hold still, sit in a symmetrical posture and sit very still without being rigid. This is the way I talk about this or teach this. The body and the mind are not two separate things. They're also not the same thing. That start to get, starts to get, uh, well, that's it. How's that going to help? Reflecting on that. So that's the third thing that we've added on. How is that going to help? Because the ego mind, the self-centered mind, wants some kind of a structural situation that is that, ha that is a comprehensible from a relative perspective of getting somewhere, accomplishing something, building something, gaining gaining idea of something. 
<clears throat> so in each person's mind stream, your mind stream, my mind stream, any per person's mind stream, if you sit down, the idea of symmetry is you can't, you can't uh, go into the mind stream and make that into some kind of symmetrical situation, although there are practices uh, in the tantric tradition that are about the symmetry of visualization and about uh, this, uh, referred to as deity yoga or creation completion practices. And I've done some of those. I haven't done all of them, of course, but I've done some. <clears throat> I think those are valuable, but perhaps that is what you need to do. If you do, then you'll, you'll know it. You'll know that. And that's something that I may be able to help you with, and I may not. You may need to go to uh, Dalai Lama or His Holiness uh, Karmapa or one of the monks in those different lineages, the, the Gelug or the Nyingma, etc. Karmakagyu, Sakya. But since you're listening to this person, you could you could listen. You can you could sit down, hold still, sit symmetrical. So there's a body, uh, body and mind situation. Uh, the dissimilarity between the uh, asymmetry of the mind and the symmetry of the body starts to show up as a contrast. This takes time. This takes time in the sense of you have to practice this a lot. That's why it's called a practice, not some kind of success story. <clears throat> so examine emotions. You're sitting and emotions come up in the mind or thoughts about this, passion, aggression, ignorance, or any, any of the different energies that show up as confusion. Just Let's just start with that. What do you do with that? Just observe that. <clears throat> And the observing of that can show up as as a, the emotional radiance of that difficulty. That difficulty has a has a, a dynamic to it that is conceptual, intellectual. And that it also has a dynamic that is that is all the smoke that's being uh, blown around by the sparks mm -hmm. of the of the of the fundamental disturbance. We call that emotions. It's just a way of using images to help see that thoughts and emotions. Have, have a different kind of energy, a different kind of speed, a different kind of uh, development, but are, are fundamentally not separate. They just look like it. So the idea of examining is what you're, to use the metaphor of a medical examiner or, or, or a, uh, uh, someone for doing some kind of forensics or looking into, uh, or studying history or studying anything that you're studying that has a relative appearance just to look at what that is rather than conclude because of the <clears throat> grasping, the need for some kind of relative knowledge about it to come to conclusions. What's the word? Prematurely. So don't conclude. Just watch. Just look Look at that that forest or that underbrush that is your mind that is, gets very dark. And we want to turn away from that and go uh, eat some cheesecake. Well, at least that's what I did today. How many did I have? Not very many. No, you don't know? You weren't counting? So there's nothing wrong with that, nothing wrong with doing anything. It's just that when we do that, it tips away from the investigation into some 
uh, something that is like a, it's like a filler. It fills in that area where we were investigating with some kind of pleasure or conclusion or maybe more disturbance, maybe more churning around and thought patterns around a particular problem we were having in relationship or the job or, or community or, 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 or. <clears throat> So over time, through practicing, returning to the cushion, returning to the wall, returning to the teacher, the teaching, and the community, or the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, by using that structure over time, it helps us, excuse me, it helps us to see more clearly into that darkness that is our mind, those dark areas. And just like, to continue the metaphor further, just like looking into the dark area, you don't see anything but darkness. That's why you need to keep looking at it. And then watch what shows up in front of it to try to seduce you away from going in there. Seduce you, oh, let's stay back here and just calculate, figure out this. Why we're doing this, why, 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 why questions are circular. Why because, why because, why because. You want to ask a question? You've heard me say this before. I've been saying this for probably 10, 15 years. The what question is important. Uh, and so what is this? Looking in that dark space, instead of saying why, that takes us right out of it into a bunch of conceptual thoughts or responses or digressions. Whereas if you look at the darkness and say, what is that? Or just what? What is that? You can also say the other W word is who? Who is this? Get into the fundamental area where there's mistaken identity. And what is the mistaken identity? It's... Uh, Belief in a self, someone, some person, and belief in an other, some other, some friend, some en enemy, some neutral, some situation. You're here, the wall is over there. All those uh, polarities tend to draw us out of the fundamental examination of the mind into maybe even high levels of relative truth. Could be even uh, Buddhist teachings in some areas. Uh, we can you can start rotating in a particular teaching and not see what it's pointing at because you get so uh, so much uh, satisfaction out of intellectually understanding it, being able to explain it to others. If you see what this is, you may not be able to explain anything. This so what you are. If you realize what this is, it is ineffable. It's you can't explain it. The only way you can teach it is to somehow point a person, a student, in the direction that they need to look. And for this person, I encourage you, anyone, is to look at your mind. And one of the ways you can do, do that is to sit down, have all the senses open, hold very still. So the contrast between what is moving and what is still is strong. So you get the idea of seeing uh, contrast. The contrast could be very subtle, the difference between cobalt blue and cerulean blue. Still blue, but a little bit different. The contrast between uh, one uh, particular frequency and another could be very slight. But seeing that contrast is necessary without concluding that one is the right one and the other, was, uh, other is the wrong one. They're just colors. They're just frequencies. Even that conclusion, they're just colors, they're just frequencies is too much, but you might have to do that for a while before you realize that any projection, any conclusion on anything prevents you seeing the deep 
fundamental and vast and profound nature of the mind. When I say the mind, it's mind belongs to no one. Thought process that you think are your thoughts. You think you're thinking your thoughts, you're not thinking your thoughts. Your thoughts are being what? Thunk? Thoughts are the personality is extra. The, the, the idea that I do this gets its, its stability from uh, the environment and from the community, from the culture from everyone that around that is around us that we interact with that gives us a feeling of separation. We're the one who's saying this. They're the one who's hearing what I'm what is being said. There's the one who's responding. It's uh, quite a uh, stage set. And sometimes I say, and I'll say it now because I think it's helpful. Is moved, get off the stage. Don't leave the theater. But get off the stage. Sit in the front row if you can, and you'll notice that that if you kind of a, a kind of using that as a, a metaphor, as a kind of objectivity. Not that that's all that objective, but it's a little bit more than being on the stage and being the victim or being on the stage and being the perpetrator or being on the stage and being the peacemaker. On and on and on. All the world's a stage, as uh, was told to us by, what's that guy's name? Something was shaking, I know that. So it seems to come out, seems to come out out of the awareness of whatever is moving. That's the area. The, what is moving won't tell you so much as what will begin to show up in your mind stream as a deeper understanding uh, will be what happens when you train your mind to watch movement without adding or joining it, watch movement without subtracting uh, or judging it or fighting it, and watch movement without ignoring it or shutting down or turning away from it. Just watch the movement come and go, come and go, rise and fall, rise and fall. And at some in some area, it's not really a point, but in some area, one begins to notice that there is an observer quality happening that is not exactly a person, not exactly personhood, not exactly a self something like that. And if you try to grasp that as, oh, I think I'm transcending my personal self, uh, you'll begin to rotate in a much more, um, in a wider circle that it, that looks like you're getting somewhere. If you look like you're getting somewhere, um, probably need to talk to your teacher if you have one. Examine the mind. Examine your mind. Find some time. Sit down. If you're in the monastery, you're already committed to this. Even if you're only here for a couple more days, you made a commitment to do this. Do it. Don't, don't don't live the rest of your life without some kind of strong, intentional, intentional intent, intentional training to see what is true of yourself. The Buddha Dharma is is not the only path. I'm sure there are lots of paths. Probably when we murdered uh, millions of uh, indigenous people, we probably destroyed some amazing uh, uh, spiritual paths that were that showed up that were to that probably were showing up in uh, in this uh, in the Americas. Who knows? So train the mind, get to the cushion, 
use whatever forms help you get to the cushion and stabilize. If you if you can if you have some understanding of what the, the necessity is, or see the, um, the uh, call it necessity of having a teacher, have someone. You're going to cross the river. You're going to need a guide. You're going to go up the mountain. Probably going to need a guide to some extent, or at least someone to tell you which way is up. That's not always apparent. When ego's in charge, ego's in control. It's not good. Not good for <clears throat> the ongoing singularity and perpetration of one's own suffering and the suffering of those around you. So train your mind and examine what we call the mind. Examine what arises in the mind without grasping, rejecting, or shutting down the three poisons. That can be very, very difficult. Not only can be, it's going to be, it will be. As I say, I don't know how else to say this other than do it anyway. There can't be a guarantee because it just, it's not, it's not the mundane path. There's no guarantee. There's only an intention. Well, I could say more, but I'm also happy to respond to questions. There are some. Jake Bowing. Go ahead, Jake. Um, to me, it seems that examine is a little more active than observing. Uh, for some reason, it comes to me as uh, examining with the intent of understanding. Yeah. Um, how do you examine to understand without reaching conclusion or, or labeling? Bowing. Okay, the intention, the intention to see what is there is not the intention to see what you already think or conclude or project or specify or speculate that is there based on, on what the ego mind is uh, churning up. So just observe is the way we begin. Shikantaza, sit down, hold still, watch, observe, observe what occurs. Just observe, just receive whatever's happening. Uh, and examination will begin to come out of that. Some kind of something will come up in the mind stream. You don't push it away. You observe it, and if it keeps uh, hanging around, uh, like a someone, like a some some thought forms tend to loiter around that area of the consciousness where we we just can't stop thinking or having anxiety about a particular thing. It keeps arising and rising. If that's happening, uh, the the observing quality is going to work for a little while to actually, where you can actually observe, but eventually it just gets painful. And so we want to get away from it rather than get up. Then you could actually be begin to examine that. Um, it's not exactly contemplation because contemplation usually has something you're contemplating on. And this situation would be contemplating uh, just a spontaneous contemplation of the, the texture or the feeling or the quality of whatever it is that's creating the disturbance. So just observe you're sitting and you're just observing your thoughts come and go. But if you get into areas where things get get abrasive or smelly or um, start to produce anxiety while you're on the cushion, then you could examine that. You could, you could actually use that as a, a what it's called a dharma gate or a, a, an opening into truth or something that's blocking the truth, the gate. It's a gate. So 
look at that gate and see if that gate will won't open or give a little bit so you can go deeper into that whatever that negativity is that is that is dependently arisen that looks so damn personal like i'm having these feelings even if somebody causes or says something to you that is uh rude impolite or disrespectful the emotion that comes up in your mind stream they did not dump that into you that's your mind stream so what what is triggered there is showing you that aspect of the mind stream that has been unexamined the only way you know about it is when somebody comes along and does something that triggers that bundle of emotions or fear or distress that starts tumbling out of your eighth consciousness or deeper levels of your consciousness <clears throat> and so they, they didn't cause it uh, but of course you didn't cause it either it was just there it's just unexamined so that's what i'm saying by examine the mind and that's very situational uh, one cannot we're not saying that you could sit down and just deliberately start examining those things although there are uh some psychologies uh there's dozens hundreds of them these days that don't particularly talk about training the mind in the way it's talking about here they go in and try to actually locate the issue and work with it with some kind of structure which may be like psychoanalysis or all of the other things that are showing up on what wikipedia i think it's gone from 70 different therapies up to 150 to 200 now i mean everything's a therapy you know you've heard of rabbit food therapy no well that's not invented yet but it will because it's coming Jake Bowing. Uh, certain feelings or emotions seem to be tricky and they avoid me when I'm on the cushion. Is there a way to observe them when I'm in post meditation or bring them back to the cushion, Bowing? I wouldn't worry about bringing them back to the cushion. Uh, when you when you do when you do shikantaza or just uh, just sitting, uh, just keep that very simple, very direct, very radical. Which means the root, you know, just just the root, just the basis, and so far as you can understand it that way, or minimal, nothing added. And I'm, I'm saying if something comes up in your mind stream, uh, then uh, you're not adding or subtracting anything. Something comes in and is gnawing at you. Sometimes it just your whole meditation is just kind of being uh, <clears throat> absconded with by some thing that's happening in your life that is just painful or difficult or threatening or and then you could actually look at the texture of that. You could begin to examine rather than the story about it, which spins out into why, 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 because, why, because, why, because, why is this happening to me? Why I don't deserve this? All of those kinds of things. I'm not saying you're saying that, but quite often we abandon the actual specimen that we're of emotion, the, the situation that comes up. We abandon it for a bunch of thought patterns uh, about it because it doesn't have it doesn't have the concreteness of of a actual um, forensic study or some kind of study where you're looking at uh, a physically existing thing or you're looking at you being a pharmacist something where you're you have actually have some solid material there that you're working with the chemistry and all of that. So whereas in the mind stream, uh, you have to you have to be very do it very very slowly, and look see if you can see the texture of the 
of that which is arising. They'll say we'll call it fear of something, fear of a particular thing, or just unnamed kind of fear. Go in and look at, uh, go, go into that haunted house. So, uh, and I don't say, uh, if that's happening off the cushion, I don't say take that to the cushion, I would say necessarily. I would say just spend time in the cushion and eventually that probably will arise there. Quite often those kinds of things that are submerged arise in uh, solitary retreats, usually long ones. So, go ahead. Thank you. Bye. Further questions? Wunderbar, you had uh, mentioned before asymmetry of the mind. What are you talking about there, Bowie? Just the, the disjointed feeling of thought patterns. It, doesn't, it has, it's kind of out of whack somehow. We don't know about this, we know about that, but this doesn't fit with that. Why is this happening? Something's happening over here. You just get caught up in, uh, in the discursiveness of the mind, just jabber, jabber, jabber. So it's out of, out of balance. Asymmetry. I think symmetry is just another word for symmetrical. It has a kind of balance to it. That's all I'm saying. Go ahead. Can you say more about texture? You speak about that a lot. How is texture different from content? So, so I'll continue to use metaphors. I don't know how else to do this. It's like the texture. If you listen to music, there's a texture to the music, quality to the sound. There's a texture to visual things. There's a texture to carpeting. There's a texture, if you look at a painting, there's a, a texture, not only a physical texture of the, of the paint, but there's also a, a, a texture to the, the way that works with whatever image or lack of images is being worked with. So it's a, a quality that is, that is fundamental to what is being produced rather than rather than what is gathered as some kind of idea of what this is in terms of its name or its description. It's fundamental to it. It happens in, it's in food, it's in any kind of experience. There's, a, there's even a texture to fragrances. And you, you, know, you might, might have to get a little bit poetic to be able to describe some of those because they're, they're differentiate between uh, lilacs and uh, what's that other uh, the oil? I can't think of the name of one. Lavender. Yeah, not lavender oil. There's another oil that you you use. Valor. With. Valor is one of them. It's the name. Amazing texture. How do you you can you can sense the texture because fragrance is is like or, or odor is like texture. It's like a, it doesn't you can't really describe if no one has ever ever smelled. Uh, cow manure. There's no way to describe that. At least I don't know how to describe it. But so there's some things that are that are so so uh, close to what they actually are uh, in terms of texture. There's, there's no words that can take us away into that. Whereas if you see something visually, you can have all kinds of descriptions. If you hear something, uh, you can describe it in lots of different ways using the structure, the concepts around music or sound. But you can talk about a particular kind of music all day, and and if you're if you can't hear then, or if you can't hear it, you might have some idea of what it's about. But the structure won't give you the texture, the concepts, the ideas, the description won't give you. 
like you can read menus over and over again, but it will not give you the taste of the food, the texture of the food. And so I'm saying the same thing about emotions. When emotions come up uh, that are challenging, difficult, threatening to you, or feel like you feel like, feel like you're being put upon by someone or something, um, not necessarily. There's, there's not an otherness is not directly to blame. There's, there, there, it's dependent on arisen. So there's some kind of activity there. But what seems to be necessary is to stay or uh, enter into the quality, the fundamental quality of whatever it is that is arising, whether it's anger. That's difficult because the tendency is to want to just get angry or stop the anger to add something else to it or ignore the anger, ignorance, to go in and actually feel the anger fundamentally all the way through the floor, to feel that anger helps us understand the very nature of relative truth in, in regards to um, realizing our true nature, how it's such a cover-up. I know you say don't maintain, but is there a way to stay more frequently in that area of texture? Probably not. So intent, just return to it. So if something shows up, just go to the texture of it. You could even say to yourself, if you wanted more, how, how I'm looking at this, but how does this, how does this feel? It's the feeling quality of anger rather than the anger that leaves the anger, abandons the anger, and goes into concepts about the anger. Simply put, why do I keep getting angry? Even saying, what is anger, might be too distant. It might have to happen without any particular concept, conceptual idea. And it probably will not, uh, the understanding won't deepen without repetition. Don't you, Bowen? Don't you? So if uh, anger arises, the concept of anger arises, is it kind of a, do we oscillate back and forth from the concept to the feeling itself? Since the concept just seems like it's going to come no matter what, no matter what, Bowen. So, so there it seems like what is necessary, uh, if I understand your question, it's just repetition, just return to it, return to it. Yeah, I, told, I told you about it. So is the repeating then in that, inst in those instances where we're having the experience? Yeah, that's where you, rather than kind of try to create that and apply some kind of method to it. Now, there are, there are other teachers, teachings that work with us differently. And if, I would say, do that, whatever you want. I'm talking about being a person who who got into this uh, particular path because of intense anger and other emotions. Anger is not going away. Augie bowing. Augie. Is, is there anything to do by getting into a period where the mind is just going up uh, really neutral, chatter, jabbering on? Are you sitting? Maybe as well. I'm sitting as a way of perhaps not triggering emotions like anger or fear. Well, there might be some other intent to your question, but I would say don't do anything. Just re just receive it. Just observe it. 
and then if something does come up that has has sharp edges around it or is is uh, the quality of it is the texture of it is abrasive or difficult then you could go into the could look at the texture rather than heave the texture for who caused it why it's happening or here i go again or any of those other excuse me dozens and dozens of kinds of responses that show up that way I'll be bowing. What, what if the chatter is just so uh, is easily discounted as that's that's just what it is. That's just what's coming up and dismissed. But just uh, that's, that's as it is. As it is. As it is. Versus uh, what about versus, it? Is there something to do? If, if there's something to suspect if no. that no. that persists, bowing. No. Well, it shows up just watch what happens just observe observe you know we'll get stronger it'll get weaker and you won't mind what it does what about you can you give um a description of your anger as an example of <laughs> i want my way about that texture oh can you describe the texture, texture. <laughs> i thought you wanted me to get mad <laughs> Texture of it? Mm -hmm. How would you describe the texture yeah. of that? Painful. Uh, interior. Uh, sucks up the sucks up your energy in such a way that it, go, it goes into a cage, and it tightens right up, and it, and it wants out in the form of expression. Wants out in the form of something, some kind of rage or something. So what I just made them. Uh, made a fool of myself there by doing is 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 actual anger. It's that energy. It, it, there's no one who's angry. The anger is still there. It's independently arisen. You can't you can't uh, and you don't have to miss your life. You can actually be the person you were born to be. Uh, most people fight with their life and try to be somebody else. Well, I didn't even answer your question. Why is there more? I wanted a description of texture to understand what you're pointing at. Points, when you say bumps, hot spots, uh, pieces of iron rod shoved through your eye, texture, sitting on thumbtacks, 500 of them, all pointed up. The texture is just a, it's difficult to describe it without using metaphors that are not that at all. Just, it's just a, an intense anger that comes up that wants to get out in terms of expression so that it can subs, it can, um, it can build a substrate of identity under the <coughs> falseness of ego. Ego uses anger to be the person who's angry. Anger is, anger is dependently risen. There's no self in this contest, and so there's no one who's angry. So rather than try to get rid of the anger, I say, go to the texture, look at the texture until eventually you will see that there was no one who was angry. So you're, what you're doing, to speak it very literally, you're kind of depersonalizing those, those emotions by, by just going to the texture of it, depersonalize it. You can't fundamentally do it, and that's not the fundamental object. The fundamental understanding or object is to see the truth yourself, which is, see there's no, no being who's having but if you try to stop that, that reinforces the person who's having that emotion. 
That's why it's necessary to respect the confusion. Be the confusion you're trying to get rid of. I don't think you can do that just as an intellectual exercise. You have to do it with a lot of, of sitting meditation, a lot of awareness practice. You say also, though, to get into the front row, is that in any way leaving the texture? If you're getting in the front row, it could be. There may be times where you, where you have to just murder somebody. So I'm saying there, there may be times where you, you can't be anything but the karma that's arising. But someone next to you is going to say, well, they don't have any self-control, or, or they've lost it, or they've, uh, why don't they more like me, somebody who's never murders anybody. I'm saying, using murder, not as to validate that, but I'm saying doing something that's difficult or destructive or harmful to themselves or harmful to others. And we impute or we think that everybody should have control of themselves. And we don't have, say, we don't have as much say-so as we think we do. Or the, you know, what 38% of the world thinks they have control. And they only realize they don't when they, when the body-mind passes out of, uh, passes back into the elements, and the only thing that's left, uh, which was what, what was there in the first place, is uh, the intermediate state. And the appearance of a singularity shows up sometimes called a soul. We don't refer to that soul. We refer to it as Buddha nature. It may have a feeling of independence as a Entity and it may not. It doesn't matter. More? Any other questions? A question from Chris Smith. Why am I about to walk into work and not sit and stare at a wall? Don't you know? <clears throat> First of all, you don't stare at walls. It's not chicken taza. Staring at anything is just staring. <clears throat> staring at something is an attitude of, of uh, engendering an attitude of blankness before it's even time for that to occur, though it might. And why are you about to walk into work? Probably because you're lazy. You don't want to train your mind. How's that, Chris? I have no idea. I don't know what I don't know what your job situation is. I don't know how much you need money. I don't know how many people you're supporting. But your question doesn't, is, is, it's like a, you're trying to trap me into something. You know, like, I don't have any information about you. If I knew you, I knew what was actually happening, I might say you're probably walking into work because that takes precedence over um, mind training. I wouldn't say staring at a wall. If you're, saying, if you're looking at medi uh, sitting meditation and staring at a wall, big misunderstanding. And one thing you really are probably going to need from the questions that have been accumulating over the last few weeks, few months, is a teacher. Not me. Not me. Don't, don't come this way at all. Go somewhere else. And if you do come this way, probably not going to be easy for you. More if you have it. Jessica. Jessica Vine, when you were talking about anger earlier, if there's nobody who is angry, is the anger still about anything? Vine? Yes, it's, it's a dependent arisen. So the anger uh, was caused by this triggered that, triggered that, then this happened, then this got in the way, and then 
then some kind of uh, one uh, someone got enraged and the someone that got enraged certainly got enraged, but but they are not a solid being. That is also dependent. There is an imagination that there's someone somewhere doing something, having success, having failure. That's a, another level of uh, pratitya samapada. There's no self in this context, form, feeling, perception, concept, and consciousness. Sure the hell looks like it, though. And so even though you see that it's an illusion, see that it's unreal, it's still going to, uh, it's still going to show up. Uh, I sometimes call it a clown on the roof. Because it doesn't have a lot of say-so anymore, but it still can be uh, up here. But the, the anger itself is dependently risen. That, that quality. And this, this goes on in very, very deeply into more and more um, rarefied or subtle forms of consciousness and comes out the other direction into everything going from smoke into fire into trees that are burning into volcanoes. So it goes all those directions, all those different vibrations. Smoke is just as solid as the incense that it is abandoning. Just doesn't look like it. Sir, James, I'm going. Is there a contrast between examining our mind and what looks like other? Um, Say more. What do you want to know? When content shows up, are we looking at our mind? Yes, you are. Can we do anything but examine our mind? Yeah, you're going to refuse to examine it. You spit on it. You can do something. You push, stop, don't. Stop this, stop that. Don't do this because the ego mind is also uh, dependently risen, and part of the dependent dependent origination comes out of fear, comes out of hope, comes out of all the other polarities that show up that are unreal, but still are are operating everything. Go ahead. Jesus, I'm buying. If there isn't anyone, how does pushing and pulling arise? Where does it? Come? You think there is somebody. You think there's something to do, something to accomplish. There isn't anything to do. Everything is already from the point of ultimate truth, which is actually a point. Uh, everything is already perfect. There's nothing to correct, nothing to fix. So the path, that's why the path is a path of awareness rather than, rather than a path of accumulating ideas and concepts and so on. But you may have to do that for a while. Jesus, mind. How is that confusion wisdom? Not separate from it. Wisdom, uh, what the Buddha saw was, as far as we know, was uh, confusion. That was his awakening. He saw it, but he saw it the entire situation. He didn't abandon confusion and become enlightened. He, the enlightenment that he saw was clarity about confusion. Therefore, they're not separate. 
confusion. I, I keep having trouble with that concept. Like I want to take confusion and make it into wisdom. No, it's one after because it's not separate from that. Do I just observe that tendency? Yeah. What are you doing with it now? I think I keep trying to look at confusion as if it's wisdom. Okay. Well, then you just keep doing that. It won't last. Nothing lasts. But things tend to persist if you struggle with them or fight with them or try to correct them or move them from this to that or adjust. They tend to persist because you, you imbue or give a kind of life to something that, that would run out of steam if you didn't fight with it, agree with it, or shut down on it or have. How do I know? I don't know. I don't know anything. I do something, I couldn't do this. What am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? Why are you all listening to me? Sent you. Sent you bowing. What is failure on this path? I can speculate on what it is you're looking for, but I'd rather have you say more about it. And I was thinking of you saying, at some point in time, I remember you saying, just let yourself fail. Yes. So I'm wondering, um, well, there are two questions. Great. Um, so in that sense, what is failure? And let yourself fail. Um, and can you, when, when one is on this path, can one fail in practice? So it's a little convoluted here to try to talk about it. The only way you can fail is to, is to leave the path, leave the path of the intention to see the truth, the intention to be with all things, the intention to save all beings, the intention to put others before yourself. However, that shows up for each person individually. You don't have to be a doctor, a nurse, or something. You can do that from a mountaintop. Uh, or not. Maybe you can. So, yeah, the, that's the last part. And the first part of it is, is experience the failure. If you feel like you're not doing very well, then uh, you're not understanding enough, then don't, don't do too much with it. Just, be a failure. But don't step off the path. Don't leave. You're a fully ordained monk. Just continue. Continue to do what you do day after day. You practice. Take care of uh, Rumi. And you uh, do whatever Chazan commands. Is that right? Oh, no. That's not right. But you can't really, you know, when I say be a failure, that's just a way of, of helping you or anybody kind of see that that's just a commentary on on what we're on what we think is happening or what we think we're not living up to quite a bit of that is ego language but so we just fail like others it's, it's a kind of surrendering or kind of giving up in a teacher seven points of mind training i think it's 
might have this off because I don't have a great memory. But if it's better for me to be sick, let me be sick. If it's better for me to get well, let me get well. Better for me to die, let me die. I think I'm missing some of it there. But it's basically saying, just, just stop fighting with everything. Let's, let's just be genuine in the midst of this crazy world of samsara. Not easy to do. Especially if when something does come up, where we made a mistake on something and, or we miscalculated something, um, it could be a failure, a fail. It's just a word about something, misunderstanding. Just like the people who are great successes, uh, take take pride in doing things that, not that they haven't worked for that, but they also were born with um, a certain kind of uh, intelligence to be able to even create but millions of dollars are a great success or become famous actors. Or, you can't just decide to be a famous actor. I know I tried to, to be, I tried to decided to be a famous artist and I worked very hard at it, but found out that uh, um, I couldn't do that. I was not, was not born with a natural ability to create that. I, I do all right because I work pretty hard at what I was doing, so I got so I would do passable artwork. But I didn't want that. I wanted to be a genius. That did not occur. It's not even an occurrence anyway. So does that mean I was a failure? No, kind of. I was a failure at art and a failure at astrology, a failure at handwriting analysis, and a failure at tarot read, card reading. Uh, failure, failure. I can go on and on and on, but it'll sound like I'm getting down on myself. No difference between success and failure. This is the eight worldly dharmas. If you, if you don't see it, then it's not a boxing match between right and wrong. You actually see they're not separate from each other. If you, until you see that, you have work to do. Isaac Bowen. Go ahead, Isaac. What is danger on the spiritual path? Uh, that's used in different ways. Um, so maybe I should ask you what it is you want to know. I understand the question, but that that response can show up in so many different ways. It seems. Could you fine tune it a little bit for me? Um, I try. Uh. I guess just reading and reading, cutting through spiritual materialism, the word dangerous occurs sometimes. Um, and I guess it's just kind of scary for me. <laughs> um, he's, trying to, he's trying to scare you. So I know I, it scares me. So I guess um, how can I recognize a dangerous situation on the path. So what that brings me into is trying to inventing stuff and making up things. So I would stick with uh, that, that you're even able to ask that question tells me that you're really not in danger. The, 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 the danger is, is actually, uh, misunderstanding the, the what the path is and thinking that it's this kind of story or that kind of that kind of story 
It's a misunderstanding of the teacher and the teaching and the community. And I don't think you're in any danger of that right now. But the feeling that you have that feels dangerous, uh, that's, that's just, uh, that's just ego. The people who are, who are way, who aren't even anywhere near this kind of understanding, this kind of path, are not, are not feeling in danger. They're full of aggression, passion, aggression, and ignorance, and they're fighting with the world around them and creating chaos for everybody under the guise of, uh, being patriots or whatever the hell else they have been. You're not having that difficulty. can be scary. Certainly has been scary for me. <coughs> Further questions? Yeah. When you're bowing. Yes. What is what is scary about it? What's been scary for you? Early on it was very very frightening because I was afraid of finding out who I really am because my mind stream is so full of, of violence and so full of uh, self, uh, shall we say, disapproval or hatred. Then uh, I've mentioned this before. I, I, I felt like I, I was was not valuable enough to continue to live, so I was fear fearful that I was going to end my life. Not planning it, but just by turning into a bridge abutments and and that was coming out of just being crazy, just being uh, at war with myself and at war with other people, and that was going on until I met my teacher. Then it didn't go away right away, but at least I had a way of working with it, and I had someone that would encourage me to to practice. The, the, and kept telling me that I could do this. Earlier you said um, uh, your mind is that and that of your teacher are no longer separate. Yes. How did that happen with you and um, Chokin? Well, way after he was dead. But uh, it's not like you, it's not like um, when you say the mind of the teacher, the mind of the Student are, uh, are are no longer separate. Uh, the the way the ego mind thinks about that is that they're the same, but they they somehow come together and or you suddenly be ha, are imbued with all the wonderful qualities of your teachers. Uh, it's more difficult to understand conceptually because uh, the, if you want the direct pointing at that, I can give it to you, which is as holding this the sixteenth karma said uh, when he was passing away in 1981, nothing happens. It's, it's more like nothing occurs. So when nothing occurs, then there's just this. And what is this? The mind of the guru, mind of the teacher. More. So did that happen at the point of, of seeing not separate? Wasn't any point. There's, there's no point because it's not an occurrence. It's, 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 there's no point. There's no March the 16th, you know, 2003. There's no point. 
those things are sometimes called in the Japanese tradition called Kensho or insight into your so insight that's a, an experience of insight into something and I've had a few of those not many but a few way early on but this is just it just it just it is like you wake up one day and realize that there's no boundary anymore so the boundary there's no one anymore so this doesn't this doesn't give you you know, you know I can't sit here and say I'm, I'm no one I can't sit here and say I've transcended my ego. I can't. I can't make any claims about anything. But if I'm if I'm uh, asked to teach, I teach. I teach out of what I see, not out of, out of what I know about. There's a lot of great teachers that teach both ways. So there's no there's no occurrence of that. Mark. So is it? Same thing as saying um, you don't see any separation, let alone with your, just your teacher. You, you no. know, there is no separation, period. I don't see anybody else. You do. I'm not saying I that it so, makes everything so blurry that it we're all one. I'm not talking about that kind of crap. We are not all one. We're not separate, which is amazing. You can, there's all kinds of romantic ways of saying it. Uh, you know, petals on a flower or something like that. It's, it's, it's not really part of something. Because that, that emphasizes the separation. But, it's, but not uh, via negativa, saying not separate. This is a way of addressing the fundamental uh, position of ego is separated uh, into somebody who's getting somewhere who has better luck than this person or does better has better looks or better um, whatever maybe more could be how, how would how does that occur what um, not separate I guess so. <laughs> yeah, by looking at the separations and looking at them in a radical way. What shows up is a mind. And the, the primary separation there is the one who's observing the separation, one who's observing the mind, the one who's observing other, whether it's other as the mind or other as another person across the room. More? Well, the examining part is to encourage you or anyone to actually watch the the movements of the mind, especially those areas where things are really at a great difficulty and keep reoccurring, is to go in, it's, you could call it some kind of deconstructing. It's not exactly that because it's not it's not the it's not so much the intellect, somewhat the intellect, but it's mainly just going in and look at looking at the texture the quality of that and not doing anything with it, not leaving it, not uh, labeling it, doing nothing with it other than just examine that. And if you're examining it, you're just, there's a, there's an objectivity that shows up when we use that word. You follow? Okay. And just so you all know, uh, Ondo was asking the question, I suggested the talk title about an hour ago because I didn't know what to say. How did I do? Okay.
Any further questions? Well, I don't know. Is there anything else I can say? Or if there's any other questions about it? Anybody online? Is there anybody there's a lot online? of people online, but they're all they already know, so they're not going to ask any questions. <clears throat> Isaac Bowing. Go ahead. Um, you mentioned how at the beginning of the path you were uh, scared of finding out who you were. Did you did you um, find out anything new that you didn't know? Bowing. You mean in the last fifty years? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I did. Found out something I didn't know before. That I'm not separate separate from anything. I'm not separate from the anger that I had when I was four years old or ten years old. I'm not separate from you. I'm not separate from the Buddha. I'm not separate from my teacher. I'm not separate from anything anywhere. I'm not separate from the worst murderer that's ever lived. Not separate, not separate. Also not the same as. Difficult to say that. I mean, you can say it with concepts. How How do you realize that? Look at the separation. Look at what the mind keeps separating and separating. Look at, or as the Buddha did, as far as I know, I wasn't there. The Buddha saw delusion. And he saw it so thoroughly that when the daughters of Mara came and raised hell with him and pointed at him and accused him of not having any proof of anything, he plunged his hand into the dirt and said, the Sparsha Mudra, and said, this earth is my witness. I don't know what he really said. She said, oh, do you know what he said? You, weren't you there? <laughs> do you speak Pali? No. Do you know what he said? Can you translate what he said? She said, well, no, I have no idea. <laughs> I'm probably just inventing the whole thing. <laughs> yes. No. Um, so when we were talking earlier about um, examining your mind, it seemed like almost like we could make a project of it, of, yeah. of really um, studying um, yeah. and breaking down what is actually happening in our minds. Is that so, well, so that's we're not talking. That's all already been done in the Abhidharma and other literature where things have been deconstructed and pulled apart into. The 51 this and the 82 that and different aspects of consciousness uh, and so that's been done it's not that you can't you may need to go back and study that um, when i looked into it it's just confusing shoka spent some time on it and you know he still needs psychiatric help right shoka more. More. <laughs> he's more psychiatric help it's not that it isn't correct or true and important of course it is but it's about realizing your true nature. Uh, you might have to uh, do it on your own. Look at your own mind yourself with the support, the encouragement of the, the teacher, the teaching, and the community. So, yes. How much of a project did you make that? How intentional? Make what? Examining your mind. Oh, I've never done that. That was your idea. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat trying to see, trying to see what was actually occurring, 
in the mind rather than when I felt this uh, rage or when I felt this uh, um, guilt over being or having uh, negative thoughts that would run through my mind that were just horrible. So I was very concerned about hurting someone, hurting myself. I had a great deal of difficulty with that when I was very young. And when I, was, when I say very young, I'm talking about in my 20s. That's very young to me. My, my teens, 20s. Um, and it was, it was difficult because uh, the violence or temper would come out of me just like uh, a shotgun. It just uh, could not stop it or control it and did not, had no idea how to work with it. So, more. Um, I'm thinking of you when you um, developed the opening the eye mind when you were so intent on uh, really understanding what it was about that was, great art. Yeah. That was such an intentional examination. It was. Did you well, do, no, go ahead. Did you do the same thing with, with the mind? Is that the same sort that, of It could have been. I don't recall that. I remember that was so tied into everything that Trump Rinpoche was saying. And I just, I just studied, I stopped studying everything else. I've been studying in lots of directions and just started studying seminary transcripts and anything he had written or anything he had said. And I just go over and over and over. Before we even started cut, uh, studying cutting through as a group, I probably read it half a dozen to a dozen times myself. But as far as the opening the eye mind, those early sessions, started at the Art Institute of Chicago in the, in the early 60s, uh, trying to understand why a painting like uh, Picasso's works or any other uh, paintings, but that one in spe uh, one specific one, why they were in there. Why I was trying to understand art and design, composition, but what makes that so incredibly special? And I couldn't get anyone to say it. People would describe, you know, uh, one of the docents that go around that tell you when they lived and when this was painted, and this is this blue period, and this is a, and it's just a bunch of information about. It, but no one's telling you what is that? What what is that 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 makes that um, worth millions and millions of dollars? And it's just a group of lines, and especially it's an abstraction. The one I'm thinking in particular that I've actually used, that I actually sat down in front of, was called. Um, a uh, portrait of Sylvette David, who was this, I think, a, I don't know if she was a girlfriend of Pablo Picasso's, but she was a, she, uh, posed for him. And I don't know when that was painted, I think early 60s, maybe. But amazing painting, but the reason I picked it, it was a bench in front of it. So very pragmatic. I sat down on the bench and just looked at it and developed a way of looking at it that was pretty systematic. There was three dimensions or four dimensions. How many dimensions would be? So it had dimensions to it. So that meant there were different areas of it that I could look at. You can't do that with a mind, or you can, but there's those are tantric practices that are very, very involved. And uh, with this situation, I would look at the colors and I would look at the center of the painting, and then I developed ways of moving the consciousness around in the painting using, uh, I would say, uh, bring everything into consciousness that is blue. Everything into consciousness, and then I would stop that. Then everything into consciousness that was black, and then that would help me see all of the parts, break down, break it down into the parts to understand why 
when all these various parts come together, there was some kind of a presentation that somebody, not me, somebody was saying is a work of art, a work of genius or something. And uh, I don't know how many months I did that, but eventually I began to see what, what and began to see it. So that was the beginning of that. Before then, I was just uh, just drawing pictures and things and painting a little bit, but not much. I began to see, and the downside, the upside of it is I could see what Matisse was doing. I could see what Bonnard was doing. I could see what Picasso was doing. I could see why those paintings were there. And, uh, but I wasn't taught that by anybody there. My, I had one art instructor that was worth anything, and all he did is encourage me to see it myself. And I remember his name. It was Anderdonk, Mr. Anderdonk. That's about 60 years ago. So, uh, the up, as I said, the upside is you can see. The downside is I realized that I could not do that. When I say I could not, that's when somebody says, well, anybody can, anybody can do anything. No, they can't. People are very limited as what they what they can do. So, and I I realized that I probably would not have the, the natural ability to produce uh, that level of art. I still make art. I think I drew pictures today at some point. I enjoy doing that, but there is no pretension about I'm some kind of a great artist. And that was disappointing. But it was also. Uh, you know, it was disappointing. I kept drawing and being disappointed. Well, maybe that's uh, maybe that's the attitude it takes. I don't know. But then, then my my idea, my you could say my goal or my understanding became more. I, I need to find out what this is fundamentally, and that was uh, back into reading philosophy and psychology and Buddhism, and everything else that I could find. Anything else? Yeah. what? made you believe that you could do this when you came to the conclusion that you couldn't do the art? Uh, that I could do this? Mm -hmm. My teacher. I had to meet him because I, I didn't know if I was going to be able to do anything after reading Cutting Through uh, and, uh, and other books on Buddhism. That was the main one, several other ones. That's the only one that really inspired me. That meeting him and him telling me and me telling him what was happening in my mind stream, which was uh, much more than what I'm telling you here tonight. Very specific what was happening. And that's the only thing he said back to me basically several times. And also being in his in his presence. His his presence was overwhelming, powerful. And I didn't even do anything. Yes. Question from Terry Duparin. How do you lead and not be anyone? That's the only way you can really lead. If you are somebody, then then you're leading with some kind of a motive to be in power, to be in charge, to win, to have power over people, to get famous, to get money, to get, to get, to get. If there's nobody there, that's the only way you can truly lead. This is the, you've all seen the Sokokoji Mudra before? It's closed. 
If you value the teachings of Sokozan and you would like to support his teaching work and the functions of Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery, which also supports monk and practice residents, please consider giving a donation by visiting our website at sokokoji.org.